0: giving you a head start on your weekly Healthcare Happy Hour. For several plan years now, NAHU has had the opportunity to submit comments and suggested edits to CMS regarding the next plan year edition of the Medicare & You Handbook. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, President of the Brokerage, Inc. and Chair of the Medicare Advisory Group, Mike Smith, as well as NHU Vice President of Congressional Affairs, John Green, joins us to discuss the Medicare NU Handbook and our suggestions to CMS. Now, to start, for listeners who may not work in the Medicare space and don't know what the Medicare NU Handbook is, would you mind explaining exactly what it is?
1: Sure, Dan, and welcome everyone to this kind of expanded part of the happy hour that's dedicated to Medicare. So the handbook is designed to introduce people coming off employer plans on just all the many parts that make up Medicare. And in the beginning of our efforts on the Medicare and You Handbook some 20 years ago, when CMS first asked us to comment on the book, it was a much simpler program. And yet it was still complex with parts A and B. But now there's a part C for Medicare Advantage and a Part D for the PDP plans, the standalone plans. And so it's become ever more complex. And the way people work today is different than they used to. They, they don't just turn 65 and right off into the sunset, they tend to work longer. And so that whole complexity about how HSAs fit in and timing, all these critical dates and so forth, just have changed the program tremendously. And now the book is much larger. And I think that when, you know, new beneficiaries enter into Medicare, they say, my goodness, it would really help to have an agent.
2: Right, Mike? I agree. And thanks, Dan, for having me on as a guest here. Uh, You know, the question, why is the handbook important to the Medicare eligible population comes to mind? And I say that this is more or less the starting point where people want to get educated about Medicare But in reality, we're talking about a 132-page publication, and when people look at that, they are overwhelmed, and that really gets pushed to the back burner. They hardly ever read the handbook, and so I almost rather use this question to say, why is it important to the Medicare broker population, and specifically when an agent comes or a broker comes to me and says, I need to know about Medicare. How do I get started? I will tell them the first thing they need to do is read the Medicare and new handbook. As John mentioned, it not only talks about part A, B, C, D, but it also talks about all the different enrollment periods, which can be very confusing. And it also brings up a lot of things that are related to the group as they transition, such as COBRA and some of the pitfalls within. So to me, that handbook represents the first line of education for an agent or broker and that plus the Medicare.gov website, those two particular resources are invaluable to somebody who is just trying to get educated in general, whether it's a Medicare eligible person or a broker agent. So as John and I mentioned, NHU has had
0: the opportunity to review a proof of the Medicare and You Handbook and provide comments for several years now. So why do you think CMS seeks our insight in this area?
1: I think as Mike alluded to the fact that you know agents and brokers are at the front line this is really the classic kitchen table discussion with the beneficiary that agents have our agent sales force has traditionally largely been closer in age to those in the program they're more experienced and CMS is aware of the role that agents play
2: in this space yeah that's a good point John I think CMS seeks our insight because they call us in their invitation, an invaluable partner. And I know that that may be up for interpretation, but when somebody considers me to be their partner, I'm going to take it serious. And if CMS is calling on NAHU for their opinions, I'm really going to take it a lot more serious. So, you know, they sent us this book about a week before our comments were due. And that's not unusual. We've kind of grown accustomed to the fact that sometime around April of each year, we're going to get a knock on the door from CMS saying, we want your opinions. And our Medicare advisory group has been very dedicated over the years about really stopping what they are doing, clearing their calendars so that they can read through 132 pages, at least in 2023, that is, of information. And they're going to come back to us and we're going to compile those comments, which we've done. And we're going to submit that along with a thank you. We first of all want to recognize that CMS considered us a partner and that when they ask us to do something, we're going to take them serious because we want future opportunities, not just to review the handbook, but other things as well. So we sat down and actually had a very good conversation. I think we were able to complete this task in an hour of our time. And we submitted over 20 comments back to CMS. So Again, our group, our Medicare advisory group, works very hard on behalf of the NAHU membership. And When we're called upon by CMS to do something, we're going to respond quickly and accurately, and hopefully they'll engage us in future conversations. I think last
1: year we spent about an hour just talking about COBRA and some of the timing issues and HSAs. That intersection, we spent a great deal of time on that last year. And, you know, this group really, as Mike says, works really hard. I think they have it down. We have it down to a science now. We kind of know where the choke points are and where to look for where we think there could be misunderstanding.
0: Now, with all that being said, let's dive into our proposed changes to the 2023 proof. So what types of edits did we suggest for the 2023 handbook?
2: I'll start by just saying that in the reference of a state health insurance program counselor, a SHIP counselor, I did a word search and the reference to a SHIP counselor is 42 mentions in the 2023 handbook. That said, when you do a word search on either the word agent or broker, it appears three times. One of those three times is in reference to how a beneficiary can file a complaint against an agent or a broker. And so up front, I want to try to position where I think CMS may be in this area. They're putting out this publication. SHIP counselors are also financed by grants. And when we also reviewed a little bit more about the SHIP counselors, we found that There's really about 15,000 of these SHIP counselors throughout the United States, and they're located in about 3,000 some odd different locations in all 50 states. In comparison, if you were to consider how many agents and brokers become Medicare certified just for each year to sell Part C or Part D products, we found that there's well over 100,000 certified agents. And it's probably significantly more than that, but let's just use that number. Quick math will tell you there's probably anywhere from seven to ten times brokers over the ship counselors. That said, the ship counselors are the ones that are promoted throughout this book. And so the majority of our comments were related to being able to insert language anywhere there is a ship counselor reference to state, quote, licensed and certified insurance professional. We debated on that phrase for quite some time. Do we call them an agent? Do we call them a broker? How do we reference them? Well, licensed and certified are certainly very important because in most cases, SHIP counselors are neither licensed nor certified. The other thing that we wanted to make sure to insert insurance professional to describe an agent or a broker And so we're asking CMS to insert that language. We understand that that's, in some cases, not a realistic approach because they're not going to insert that language 42 times in that booklet. But if we could at least get our foot in the door to help people understand that there are resources available that are, by the way, not at the taxpayer's expense. You know, agents and brokers do a lot of work. They don't get paid until they enroll someone. And oftentimes... They don't make the enrollment because the person will use their advice and then perhaps go direct to the carrier or back to a ship counselor. So we have a couple of challenges beyond just the booklet, but I digress. That was probably our principal ask for the proof.
0: Did you know that registration is open for NAHU's 2022 annual convention? Join your colleagues from June 25th through 28th in Austin, Texas, at one of the most innovative, productive, and fun meetings that you will ever attend. We are very excited about our new NAHU Marketplace, showcasing innovative new products and services. If you want to make yourself more valuable to your clients, this convention is where you need to be. Registration is now open for in-person and live stream options. You can register for the event and view the preliminary agenda on nahu.org. Register now.
2: There were other things that we referenced, things that employee benefits specialists will appreciate, you know, as it relates to COBRA. We understand COBRA is not considered creditable coverage when it comes to Part B, as in boy, the health plan benefits. Interestingly, COBRA is creditable for Part D, as in drug. So, again, another layer of complexity and confusion there. But when a person takes COBRA and they forfeit the opportunity to enroll in Part B for 12 months or longer, then they are subject to a late enrollment penalty that can be very costly. And that will be a penalty they carry for the rest of their life. So one of the recommendations that we're asking CMS to put into the language is to place more emphasis on the fact that COBRA is not creditable coverage and it will result in a late enrollment penalty. There are uh, very vague references to that, but not strong enough to really tell people they don't want to take COBRA for 12 months or longer. There's another glaring thing that's stuck out on the very back cover page. The actual back cover has three different fields that are customizable for the ship counselor's name, phone number, and location. And we just feel that that's not necessary. One, it really places too much emphasis on this free resource that really isn't free because it's funded by grants that are funded by the taxpayers. But also we feel that there's a lot of people that simply don't read this book. That's what I mentioned earlier. They, they're they overwhelmed by the amount of information. They don't read it. And so we feel that there's going to be a tremendous amount of expense involved in printing and also shipping the Medicare and New Handbook to people's households for nothing. And so if they're going to make those fields available, we would ask that they just consider doing that on a print-on-demand PDF-type version and not in the main version that's sent out to some 64 million people that are enrolled in Medicare. Another big thing that we wanted to make sure, one of the NAHU legislative initiatives is the observation status. We talked a lot about that at CAP conferences last year. When you look in the index, the phrase observation is not even listed You actually have to dig in to the middle of the book to discover observation is very vaguely referenced and it does a very poor job of describing that. So we we would like for them to add observation to the index. And then two other things that are also similar in initiatives that we are fighting for at NAHU. One is HSA contributions after age 65. And there's some reference to HSA contributions, but we just don't feel like it's strong enough language. Uh, it's kind of goofy rules when they have to backdate Part A six months and people have contributed to their HSA, they could be penalized for excessive contributions. That causes another layer of complexity. And then the uh, last thing that's similar is Medicare medical savings accounts. It was pointed out by one of our Medicare advisory group members, Roger Garrett, that he has actually had a case or two before where he has written Medicare medical savings accounts, which is a version of a Medicare Advantage plan, where the plan will actually make an annual deposit. And the person uh, that was enrolled passed away around the first quarter of the year, and the beneficiary was then charged back that money. And there's really no real reference to that. So we are asking CMS to add language in there that gives a warning about prorated chargebacks as it relates to a Medicare medical savings account. So those are some of the principal things. The main one being just add that language in there about a licensed and certified insurance professional. Those
1: are fabulous points. And the only other thing I would add is that sometimes the information is already dated are not up to date because of the date of publication and when they get that information. And so having a a virtual copy, an online updated copy, really does make more sense to Mike's overall point about the handbook in general, that information is not always correct. Relative to ships, the other thing I would say is that Their expertise regarding medical supplements is, because they're not licensed agents, is really not there. I don't even know how they advise people on that. So I thought what we did differently this time was that nugget that Mike mentioned about the comparison of the number of SHIP counselors vis-a-vis agents. Just the sheer numbers themselves should give us a louder voice in this handbook.
2: One last thing too, I will say, Dan, that we want to recognize on page 77 of the proof, there is a reference that CMS included about trusted agent or broker may be able to help. And we did express our gratitude for that when we submitted our comments back to CMS and put that in a in a manner that said, we recognize we're a partner and we want you to, to call on us again. And we thank you for mentioning trusted agent and broker. And then slipped in that we would appreciate if that reference would be made more often throughout the book.
1: And that's really, I think, again, a feather in the, in the advisory group's cap that last year, one of our great points of emphasis was this whole issue about the disparity about mentioning agents and their role in this space. Uh, so we really saw that as a win, and we thought it was appropriate to acknowledge that.
0: It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour. of the week. So, Mike, who are we toasting to this week?
2: Well, Dan, that was a no-brainer for me. I'd like to express my gratitude to the Medicare Advisory Group. I'm so grateful to each one of these members for their genuine passion for our industry and for NHU. They serve our association all the time with dedication and expertise. So, cheers to the Medicare Advisory Group.
0: Cheers! cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts, or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.